What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On today's episode, we have illusionist, entrepreneur, and photographer, Reed Masterson. Reed is a nationally touring illusionist. He performs with his wife, Ashton, as the Masterson's 21st century magic. They have been featured on ABC, NBC, Fox, and The CW. Reed shares with us his story of developing this entrepreneurial spirit inside himself while growing up with virtually no support system. We cover so many great topics, and we also talk about this concept of making sure you pursue goals and systems that make you happy, or else it's just not worth it. It's a great interview. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Maybe I I like what you're talking about though. A lot of questions, not a lot of answers, and maybe just starting in, we can dive like start the official podcast <laughs> at, at that place. Like I'm curious, you know, we we're we we're talking before this started, obviously, um, about just an eternal, like looking internally over 2020. I know a lot of people that that was a journey for myself as well. Um, what are some of the questions that popped up for you that you feel like are of significance? Um, well, I, you know, I, there was a lot of, you know, what do you, when you don't have a backup plan, you know, I used to have a backup plan and, and my backup plan was never needed. So it's, um, I, you know, or, or, or the need for my backup plan went away at some point and plan a was so going I, so know, well for you guys that plan yeah, B didn't need to know, exist you, anymore. You know, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you do at that point? And, um, and then there, I guess it was, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of thought of, okay, let's just uh, work and prepare. And, you know, when it comes back, we'll be, you know, stronger than we were, you know, when it left and we'll be ready. Um, and then it was, okay, so we're working and we're, we're preparing what, um, what is, uh, what are we preparing for? Um because it's not coming back, you know, everybody's like, oh, okay, it's going to be, you know, a couple months, three months, six months, 12 months, you know, I, for me, going. it's like 13 months now. So it's, you know, and I'm like, okay, so it's, and then, and then it's coming back. Uh, you think, you know, think, okay, well, when it does come back, how's it going to be different? So like, right. what do I need? How do I need to prepare? You know, like you're a singer. Okay. Right. So like, musician and um you know um i'm a magician right so <laughs> uh, i get people on stage you know like uh, you know a good good 70 percent of my show is audience participation so now yeah. now all of a sudden some <laughs> things are opening back up people want shows or whatever but you can't have anybody even close to you so i'm like okay so what do you do with that? You know, like, so 75% of my material is gone, you know, and it's like, okay, this, this doesn't work without people on stage or whatever. So it's, yeah, just a lot of questions on, you know, what you're supposed to be doing and what's right and what's wrong. And then eventually it was just like, you know what, like, I just need to step back, be happy, quit stressing out and let's, uh, let's just, do whatever makes us happy in the moment and just mm -hmm. survive, you know, and 
I think at, at the end, it was just like, you know what? I just, we need to survive. And so there's, I mean, there's just all kinds of questions. And then, you know, like uh, as time went on, it was like, okay, well, maybe it's not coming back. What are we doing? What, what is the, right? what is the new thing? You know, what is, what is the new life? What is this? You know, I've been sitting home forever and, and, you know, I, you, you take, you take a lifestyle that, uh, we worked harder than most, most, uh, I guess, normal jobs require, you know, longer hours and whatever, but the, the payout was way better and it was way worth it. Now it's like, okay, so do you go, do you go get normal jobs that, mm-hmm. that don't pay the bills of your old job? Um, right. And, and this and that, and, you know, like, no, because I'm an artist and, I've been self-employed for 17 years. I just no, I can't go work a normal job. Plus, it's a huge I don't adjustment, get COVID. man. <laughs> you know, right. like so it's yeah, you don't uh, I don't want to die. And that's yeah. it is a huge adjustment when you go back working for somebody else and and doing something that when you've lived your whole life, like for you guys, you have lived your whole life touring and and doing your passion, and now you're supposed to go help build a widget or something and that's a huge adjustment, you know, and maybe some people who don't know this life uh, might be like, boo hoo, but it really is like it. I did. I had to do that for a while and it, it killed me. It felt like I was losing a part of myself. So that's, to me, it's a, it's a heavy thing to have to deal with for sure. No, it's, it's very, I mean, I, I just, you know, it's losing, like the only thing I could compare it to is, you know, like, You know, it's, it's a, it's a losing a normal job, you know, like you're upset because, and this is my, my experience, not anybody else, but like, from like, if I have like a normal job, you know, McDonald's, whatever, um, you lose that job. And the only thing you're upset about is the paycheck, right? Like you didn't like the job to begin with, you know, you didn't want to flip burgers or whatever. And, and you still can talk to your friends there if you had friends there, you know, and whatever. So now, so one part of you is like, you know, I don't have to work at McDonald's anymore, but uh, the other part is like, man, I, now I'm broke and losing our, my job, you know, my career um, is like, is like having my arms lopped off, you know, like I lost a part of me and, and then in the end, I was like, oh, I've also broke like like the the paycheck wasn't even a thought, you know, like the money wasn't a thought. Like, it's just like, oh, man, you know, like my life's over. And then, oh, and I'm broke, you know, like yeah. <laughs> so like that's for me, that's kind of the way it was. And it's it's still like that. But I'm slowly I mean, slowly over the past, you know, going on 13 months, it's, you know, it's gotten better and tried to come to terms with things and, and started working on being creative in other outlets and, and right. avenues because well, your photography at the end of the day, pretty amazing. Thanks, man. It's, that's been, I never had a desire to do photography. Um, mm-hmm. no, um, I've done a lot of things in my career that, where I had to learn a, a new skill or whatever to, to just supplement myself, you know, for instance, you know, I'm a graphic designer and I used to own a company, you know, I used to own a business and I did, I did graphic design for uh, 
people all over the United States. And that all started out was the fact that I couldn't afford a graphic designer, but I had a show that needed posters, you know? So it was, you know, like, how do you have, I was like, well, I can't pay this guy, but I can, I can afford to buy Adobe Photoshop and learn it. Um, I laugh so hard because I've, I've often told people it was like, get it being in a band, obviously you're a magician, but like living that like entrepreneurial artistic world, it's almost like getting an MBA because the skills you have to go and build like everything from like, you know, from management to graphic arts, to marketing, to PR, like all sorts of aspects. You just have to go build it yourself, but you turned it into an actual company (laughs) at that point. Yeah. So, well, what happened, um, I mean, the, the short of it is, is, is we run into a real rough spot and we had to quit performing for about, I don't know, it was about eight months or so <clears throat> at the time. <clears throat> and this was back in, uh, this was back in like 2011 and, uh, it was kind of the same deal. So it was like with the pandemic, Oh, what do you do? You know, like I, you know, like now I don't, now I'm broke and can't pay my bills, but, um, what I do and this and that. And I was like, you know what? I do graphic design. So I'll, I'll figure out how to get people to pay me for doing this stuff that I've done for <laughs> myself for free. Uh, yeah. Get a refund on my Photoshop. Uh, there you go. Subscription. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so I, I, uh, I was sitting in my house and I was like, you know what? Like I do graphic design and there's nobody, I live in a small town, so there's nobody here that offers that service. And this was before you really, really put a lot of effort into like searching online for these things. You know, it it wasn't as common as, as it kind of is now, but uh, Mm -hmm. so I printed off flyers I designed a flyer, printed them off of my computer. And I walked around town because I had lost my car. I didn't even have a car because I couldn't afford to pay for it. So like, so I had, so I had to, I had no car and so I printed off these flyers, walked around town, hung them up in businesses, and I had 11 jobs that day. Damn. Um, That's the entrepreneurial and... hustle, man. No car. <laughs> like, printing yeah. it up right there, making it happen. Damn. That's cool. So, so, I, so I did that, and and then the same thing. So, like, the point I'm making is you start out <laughs> with the photography thing, and, and photography was the same way. I couldn't uh, – I've hired photographers and they've all been great or whatever, but my schedule was always too hard to work with photographers and I needed this and this, and I needed certain things that, that most people don't get because I'm a graphic designer. So I want raw files and I want all these things that photographers don't like to give you. Um, And there was just always, always complications. And I ran into a problem where I was trying to hire my photographer who was amazing and and she worked with me great but I spent three months trying to hire and Mm. we couldn't get our schedules to work out so I said you know what I'm buying a camera and I'm just gonna learn how to take my own pictures because then I can do that wherever I want and that's how I started photography and then pandemic hits and I'm like you know what maybe I can put some effort into offering this to other people just like graphic design uh graphic design didn't work at all when the pandemic hit so like because nobody's wanting to do marketing yeah nobody was spending any money everybody was you know (laughs) i was like ah because that was like who am i gonna market to they're all broke (laughs) yeah so like you know and i was you know back in the day i was doing a lot of work for other entertainers so like i'm like Mm -hmm. yeah 
Mm-hmm. They're as broke right. as me, if not more. So it's that's the podcast yeah. that I had. The podcast I dropped today is a guy named Chad Borquin. He's a brilliant like entrepreneur, but he had just launched a mastermind program online on how to book uh, like five figure gigs like for live events. And they spent like a year and a half putting it together, launched it like the month before COVID hit. And he goes, yeah, well, that was, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Like really, really poor timing. Uh, you know, how to get better gigs when there's no more gigs. It's like, thanks. But, but the photography for you, so for you, did you start just like reaching out to people you knew, uh, setting up shoots? Like how did, how did you step out during the middle of the pandemic to make it a bigger thing for you? Um, well, so I mean, I started taking pictures of Ashton, uh, you know, and, and posting that stuff and talking about it, talking about it from a photography standpoint versus a promo shot magic standpoint, uh, online. Um, and then we have a, uh, we have a local sunflower field that, Mm -hmm. that, uh, our county judge plants every year and photographers go out there and take pictures. Um, everybody's out there taking pictures. So I called a few friends that I knew at the time, um, that I felt comfortable being around with the pandemic. Um, and I was like, Hey, I need models at a sunflower field because that's where everybody and their grandmother's taking pictures right now. So, um, sunflowers weren't really my cup of tea. Um, and, and, (laughs) But I wanted to I wanted to take sunflower pictures that that weren't like anybody else's sunflower pictures. So, you know, I was out there at night during sunsets and doing all this this crazy stuff with lighting and different things. And and then it just. Yeah. So like I, that was kind of how I started. And, hey, I'm doing sunflower pictures and here's what I'm doing and here's how my stuff looks. And so I did that. And then I built the website once I started getting some clients and. And then I found some groups on uh, I found some groups on Facebook for models and uh, other photographers and stuff, and just started posting my work in there. Um, next thing you know, you know, I've got models contacting me, and and shooting models, you know, in different places or whatever. Um, trying and being as COVID restrictive with masks and distance and not shaking hands and and right. all that stuff. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how it went. And, and now I'm, I'm, uh, I work with some other photographers now, uh, because I do graphic design, I also do retouching and, uh, you know, for, for magazine covers and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of photographers don't do the, the retouching side of things. And that's actually how I started. So I was, retouching my own photos and whatever so um i now offer that to other photographers i'm working with a photographer out of vegas doing some stuff for them and um, that's awesome um well there is this photo um where the woman's looking straight up at the camera like you're up above her and she has it's like her face like part of it's almost like zombified i wasn't sure oh yeah yeah, yeah is that makeup or are you doing a combination so, of graphic design and photography there. Cause it looked well, real. I mean, the, yeah. Like, so totally it, real. It's that, yeah. Well, it is makeup. Um, oh, okay. her, her, her eye is not 
she does not wearing a contact, but I, I made her eye look like uh, it had a cataract. Um, okay. I, I teamed up with a, uh, with a, um, a special effects makeup artist. Um, and she wanted to make a, like a three photo series of kind of kind of like a movie in pictures. So there's actually three photos of that, that set. Um, and it's about a girl playing with a Ouija board and witchcraft and whatever. Yeah. She's in an attic and she starts off all pretty and looking at her spell book and, you know, and ends up all, you know, possessed or whatever, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh that was that was pretty cool, but yeah. So it's it's a it is a combination of of photography and and graphic design and stuff, and and then special effects makeup as well. So that's awesome, man. It it's was, cool it to hear fun. how you're able to bring multiple artists in different realms together to make it happen. And in so in the past, a lot of conversations we've had, uh, whether over the phone or somewhere randomly in like Nashville or Chicago or wherever the hell we were running into each other. <laughs> I know it was like it was never in our home states is where we saw each other. No. Um, and, and even hearing you talk about these stories, it seems like one of your like core skills is the ability to adapt, but not just for survival, but to find a way to like, like, because I would say when I look at your photography is like, that's thriving. Like you had this business before that was thriving, obviously setbacks hitting you, but you had this knack to adapt and build something that's great. Is that something that has always been inherent in you or is that a skill you feel like you learned along the way or was drilled into you by somebody? Um, so, uh, maybe drilled into me, but, but not by somebody. Um, okay. And, uh, I guess so like I grew up um I grew up a very poor lifestyle uh with no access to computers, internet, cell phones, uh credit cards, whatever. Like we didn't live in that world. Uh so I grew up like trailer parks and um family that had no ambition and no effort and never accomplished anything in their lives, uh, barely, barely held, barely held a, uh, you know, a part-time, you know, McDonald's job, like I was saying earlier. So, uh, you know, ba barely even, you know, the bills weren't paid most of the time. Let's put it that way. So it's, I, got you. I, uh, instead of, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced a lot of people in my life that kind of have a negative upbringing and, they blame their actions and they blame their own negativity on their upbringing. And I always mm -hmm. thought that was, you know, like I understand it. I, you know, I understand some people aren't as strong as others, but I used that as a, as a reminder of what not to do. Um, mm -hmm. And, and how can I, how can I progress and, and whatever. And I, I, I'm a creative person in general. So it's, what can I, I, I like doing different things. And, but at the same time, I had this like one, like I've wanted to be a magician since I was six years old. Um, okay. But how can, how can you bring all these things together? Because at the end of the day, it's all like, it's what you need, you know, like you, you end up having to have makeup artists and photographers and you need posters and this and that and you know you have to do set design and all this stuff so like I 
I worked with, I've worked with a bunch of different people over the years just to build skills um, hmm. on my so in own. In a way, you're just picking up to... a little bit all on the, all on the road. Yeah, it, it started out. Um, I don't want to drag this story out too long, but uh, it's okay. You're fine. It, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to go off topic, whatever our topic is. But anyways, <laughs> uh, it, it's they often meander. It's okay. It's okay. In in 2008, when Ashton and I got together, I got offered to do this show at a theater. Now, without dragging that out too long i had never done a show on a stage i had only done two shows in my life or three shows sorry three shows in my life and they were two years prior to that we got a ran i got this random offer to do a show on stage at a theater i didn't have a theater show i didn't nothing and and i had never even talked to ashton about helping me so i went home <laughs> i asked ashton like hey you want to be a magic assistant and she's like yeah sure and so like, okay i got a show you know this was like in june and and the show was in october um and they wanted a 45 minute illusion show i didn't even own props i had no illusions had no nothing wow. didn't never wasn't even a plan it just it, it happened out of nowhere that's a that's a so totally you were just dabbling story, in, in magic at this point was yeah. that was going on um, and then someone saw i didn't know i didn't know i had no idea of how to make it a career so like it wasn't right you know like i just wasn't really uh i i loved it but i i didn't know or really have any effort you know to to make it into anything and anyways um so we got this show booked and at that point in time i was working with a special effects makeup company and we built we built props and special effects makeup, uh, prosthetics and different things for B movies and, and low budget horror movies and different things. And then big time, multi-million dollar haunted houses. So we used to design all their characters and do all this stuff. So, so I did, I, I was a seamstress. So I made costumes and all this stuff for this company and we did all this crazy makeup and whatever. And when I got the show booked, it was, they booked it for October. So I was like, okay, so how do we, I don't know anything about marketing. I don't know. How do you sell tickets? How do you, whatever. Um, I was like, and, and I'm nobody, I don't have a name. I don't have videos. I don't have pictures. I don't have, who is this? You know, like, um, what's the point? You know, like, I don't know how to tell people what I do. I don't even have a show. Like, I don't even know what I do. So it's anyway, <laughs> but so you had I, one, you had a show there that you're like, yeah, so well, we got to figure it out. <laughs> well, well, so I did, uh, I, I dressed up as this crazy demon gargoyle uh full face prosthetics takes three hours to apply it all and i took pictures in front of a white sheet in my bedroom with an old crappy digital camera and it was me in this like sparkly suit gray demon face and fire shooting out of my hands and i'm like i don't care it's just it's crazy looking and <laughs> and it's gonna say magic and people are like we gotta i don't know we gotta see this so like, like what is this what's happening but this is gonna be cool halloween Halloween magic show. So, um, so that's what I did. And then I did the same thing, printed off my own flyers at the time, designed a little thing on Photoshop, real cheap, crappy thing. And, and, uh, hung up posters and we sold that theater out. Um, and that wow. was kind of my, that was kind of my like initiation into like, okay, I can apply all these other skills that I have and I can continue to learn and grow and whatever in other ways, other than just, doing magic tricks um mm -hmm. uh, in, in other ways 
of than just being a better magician, I can also be a better marketing person. I can also develop these skills. I can build props. I can do these things. And, and it's just snowballed into everything that I do. So it's, that's, that's kind of how that happened, I guess. And the well, idea that I didn't want to, um, I was always, I didn't have anybody to prove myself to. I was always trying to prove myself to myself because my family didn't care uh, really and truly. Um, so it's um, because of the, my upbringing. So like there was no, nobody had faith in me, but no matter what I would have done, it wouldn't have proved them wrong to them. So I was just like, you know what? I need to need to do it myself. I need to do this for me. And that's kind of, so that's why I said it's kind of been drilled into my head, but like I've drilled it into me, not like, I don't know how to say that. So it's no, it makes sense, man. So, and if I hear you right in, in a way, it sounds like you simply wanted to make sure you were proud of yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, it, it, it wasn't about money. It wasn't, you know, it's like, look, this is what I've accomplished. This is, this empire is what I built. This is my thing. This is these props are mine. This is, you know, I worked really hard to have this. I worked really hard to have this. And, you know, like this award, you know, like I worked really hard because it nothing was giving to given to me, you know, like I no inheritance, no no car when I was 16, you know, no nothing, mm -hmm. you know, no, no, whatever. No pat on the back in most cases. So it was uh um, I did have an ant though. Well, I mean, I still have an ant, but it's, uh, that was my, for, from my, uh, from my, um, from my family side of support system, from a family aspect, my aunt was right. like my number one fan and always has been. Um, so like I did have her, but the rest of the family, pretty much, um, immediate family anyways, uh, mm -hmm. non-existent. So it was all, so she was, was all done for, for me you, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, for 13 years, I've had Ashton um, helping me out and doing her thing. And now she performs, you know, like, uh, or, you know, well, prior to COVID, you know, doing her own magic on stage and, and right. different things, which is, which is pretty cool. And, and she's actually picked up juggling, which is wild. I, I've been seeing videos how, on that. <laughs> trying to figure out how to incorporate that into the marketing stuff. And, you know, what, how can we add that into a magic show without it seeming too circusy i guess um trying to well and to, to give the it. audience to give the audience context that show that first show you just told a story about you were 18 and ashton was 15 is that correct if i remember the ages well, right by the time the show happened she was 16 and i was 19 but oh okay so the, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean you guys you know just starting out and then boom hitting the gates and so from there, what was the next steps? Like, so you, you, you learned these skills, you like powered through, sold out that first show, you suddenly have an actual magic show. And so what did it look like the next steps for you to build this career that you guys have had? Um, so, well, like I said, I, I didn't start out with a plan. So there was no, like, I didn't know how to book shows. I didn't book that show. So like now I had a show, but what do you do next? You know, like it, it, it was a fluke situation. So like it, it happened out of nowhere. It was great, but then you're just done. You know, um, I ended up having somebody contact me from a newspaper article, um, to do one show the next year. And 
So we ended up doing, um, well, we ended up doing three, four, we ended up doing five shows total the, the next year. So we, we did the one show that night at that theater. And then from that newspaper article, we ended up getting five shows, but still it was just people called me. I don't know, you know, like, um, like, so it was people called me, they saw it in a newspaper that we did a show and wanted to know if we would do shows at other places. So we did. And all three of or all four of the other shows were at high schools. Three were for a dare program. And one was for a, like a kids that got good grades, you know, it was like an award thing for them. Um, uh, which is something I would have never experienced in school uh, awards <laughs> programs for kids that got good grades. Wasn't, wasn't my thing. So and now you're the um, main, in, main event at that, that event. You're like, Hey guys, yeah. I would have never seen this show, but here's the show for you. No. <laughs> um, but then, but then after that, it all fell out. Like there was no, I didn't get any more contacts. Nobody called me. I didn't know how, like, what do you do? Like, how do you, do you put your name in the phone book? You know, that used to be a thing. Do you do this? Do you do that? Long story short, I entered a competition that was hosted by the Coca-Cola company and they held preliminary rounds, kind of like Merrick's Got Talent. They held preliminary rounds, like so leading up to the final stages. But all these preliminary rounds were held at other places. And one of them that we competed at was held at a nursing home. And uh, this lady, this inter- the, the activity director at this nursing home wanted to she would host this preliminary round to have this big free show of multiple performers for her, Hmm. for her residents. And she didn't have to pay anybody, you know, it didn't cost her a dollar, you know? So like it, people would come and compete because they wanted to go to the next stage. So it was was great, but her, um, the, the award for winning, which she had first and second place there. And we won second, um, was, uh, a trophy, a little trophy. And, um, she would, hire you the next year to do your own show for a hundred dollars. And <laughs> so come, next year comes rolling around and I'm like, I, I want to pursue this. And you know, what do we do? I don't know. You know, like I don't, and I have a theater show at this point. I, that's what I have now, which, which can't do it in a nursing home. So it's, uh, <laughs> um, uh so it's and probably used to like, a little better what? pay than a hundred bucks. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Like, how do, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to do, but I know that this lady told me that if I called her, she'd give me a hundred bucks and I need to do a show. So like, let's see what happens. So I called her and she said, yeah, sure. You know, great. And we, we did the show and got the hundred bucks, but the hundred bucks wasn't the thing. The the thing was, is at the end of the show, like as we were leaving, she, um, she gave me a list of contacts to other nursing homes in that area, which was, which was 60 other nursing homes and that she knew personally. So like that she knew the activities director. So it had the name of the person I needed to call and that lady. And she's like, just tell them that I told you to call them. So I called all 60 booked all 60. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe this is a thing. Maybe, you know, so then I started, okay, let's get on Google. Let's start searching for nursing homes. And, and then I went from nursing home. Like, so we did a theater show. We did f- four high school shows and then went to nursing homes. Like, um, <laughs> which it. was like, which was like, you're supposed to start out with like birthday parties and stuff. You know, I didn't do right. that. So it's, um, so I completely went in reverse and then I was doing 60 shows a year instead of one or two. 
you know, I'm like, okay. And, and at that point in time, they were, you know, all paying, you know, hundred, 150 bucks. Um, but you know, like, I mean, to a normal person, you know, you do one show a day, seven days a week for a hundred bucks, you know, like 700 bucks a week, you know, very few people make that, you know, from a normal doing something you, you love know, like, and doing uh, art. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, man. And for those, it was like paid rehearsal. So the long story for that, I did nursing homes for eight years. Um, by the time I was done, we were doing mainly retirement homes, um, retirement communities, which are big money. Um, so they paid you anywhere between like three and 500 bucks a show. And I was still doing, uh, I was doing like, before we quit doing those, I was doing like 20 a year, but mm -hmm. I would do, I would do like 16 of them in one week. So like, we would go and, and I love it and just three to 500 bucks a pop doing two shows a day, sometimes three, um, and just making good money doing it and just doing a little 40 minute minute show. And, and that's kind of how I learned, uh, cold calling and, and emailing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm sending contracts and invoices and, and all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, this has got to work. It works for nursing homes that normally don't pay more than $50 for the, for the local Elvis impersonator, you know, like, and they're paying me between two and well, nursing homes, I got, when we finished, we were doing nursing homes, they all paid me $200 and they mm -hmm. didn't pay anybody else more than a hundred. So I was like, okay, so like, if I can get a nursing home who doesn't have the money, like they have to ask for this money elsewhere to get right. for this show. Like they can't, they can't afford to hire me for 200 bucks. So if I can get these people who don't have the money to pay me constantly, you know, um, and never say no, maybe I can call colleges and theaters and, you know, email these people, nightclubs, whoever. And that's just, that's kind of how it, you know, that's kind of how it all went. And next thing you know, we're doing, uh, we're doing college conferences with the band run with it. <laughs> Those guys, those guys are, yeah. 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 Whatever. Lead singer was like 40. <laughs> so super old, super old guy. Some old lady said I was looked like I was 47 today. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? But, uh, but yeah, so you guys, dude, I love that you, you started and built like going to nursing homes because I feel like most artists would not look at that as like an opportunity and, and you saw opportunity there and you got reps for booking, you got reps, no doubt for performance and also brought in financial st stability that can help you get to the next levels. And that's, that's huge. And so from there, you, you're doing these college uh, shows. I, I see, I was seeing a lot of like theater shows. It seemed like you guys were doing more and more. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, so the, the college, the college thing never really, <laughs> never really uh took off full force like with a lot of people and and i think uh it's harder to be illusionist because that's technically uh, from a from a standpoint we're illusionists you know so we have a lot mm -hmm. of bigger props um a lot of most times we're hauling a trailer so it's from a college standpoint you know with 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 magicians you know they want that one man stand up you know whatever you know come in 30 minutes before the show starts and be ready to go you know uh right and, and we weren't that so there, there was a lot of put a lot of restrictions on ourselves um because of that but i come from the world of wanting to do illusions and i started out doing you know an illusion show in a theater and and um 
so I started doing <laughs> other theater shows. I was I was able to to build up to that and and do all the I mainly just rented out all these theaters. So it was I would just go and pay whatever the rental fee was for the day or two days if we were there for two days, whatever it was, you know, five hundred bucks, thousand bucks. Um, and then I would do all the marketing. So I would hmm. I would call and get all the sponsors and I would go and, and hang up all the posters and well, not just me, but like us as as a team, you know, like um, and we would go and we'd go market. So if I had a show in Iowa, you know, you'd have to go, you know, however, however much further in advance you know two months in advance to hang up posters and mm -hmm. meet with the local chamber of commerce and then talk to people and and get the sponsors or whatever and depending on who you worked with you know sometimes you could get it to where people did the the in-person marketing for you so you didn't have to do the traveling or whatever but that was um a lot of those in the beginning the purpose of that was to be able to show these small towns that you could sell a bigger show and because nobody wanted to support it, you know, nobody wanted to pay me to come in because I just, a lot of those theaters weren't, weren't to that caliber of, of paying, yeah. you know, they, they, they produce their own local shows and whatever. Um, so I, I wanted to put theaters on my resume. I didn't have an agent and so I was like, well, they 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 rent these theaters for weddings and whatever, so they can rent it for a magic show. I get a hundred percent of the sales as long as I make my money back. You know, like I'm, it, I can get video of a successful show and mm -hmm. I can put it on my resume saying, saying that I. The cool thing about a resume is is nobody nobody knows how much each one of those spots cost you, uh, each one of those <laughs> clients cost you. They right. just think you got paid good for it. So it's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not always the truth, but it looks great. You know? Um, so that, you know, a lot of things I did was to build a resume to be able to say, look, he was here, he was here, he was here. He, they mm -hmm. did this, they did that. They were on this TV show. They've done that, blah, blah, blah. Just to be able to sell myself because I never could land an agent in the beginning uh, to be able to sell myself for me. And when you call somebody and, and talk about how good you are, you're conceited. And so, so then you got to figure out how to make people just assume that you are without having to tell them. So next thing you know, right. you know, you've got logos of corporate events and theaters and, TV shows and whatever all over your website, and you don't have to you don't have to call them and tell them that um, mm -hmm. anymore. You built up your brand. So that was, and sounds like you carved out a space for yourself in in each one. But of those then markets. in the end, you know, those theaters all paid me, so like I That's didn't awesome. have to go and sell tickets anymore. I didn't have to go market myself anymore. I didn't have to, <laughs> you know, like that was that was great, you know, like. But that was it. It was a lot of work to get there, you know. Like it was, uh, you know, I put in our time for sure. So I think there's a lot of powerful lessons in those stories, man, for anyone who's wanting to go the artistic route or the entrepreneurial route of like, like just that tenacity to go into a whole different market, um, a different state and say, I'm going to show them that this is going to bring value to them. They don't even believe it yet, but I'm going to show them. And that's huge, man. What would you say uh, to an uh, illusionist or magician who's wanting, like, let's say there's someone listening right now who is is passionate about it, but they have no idea how to get started. What would be, like, one of your number one pieces of advice you would give them right now? 
Uh, um, I mean, in terms of not knowing where to get started, um, there are like, uh, there's local magic clubs in like cities across the United States, uh, you have the international brotherhood of magicians, and then you have the society of American magicians, um, from, from a younger standpoint, from especially like younger teens or, or you're wearing younger kids like those are great i didn't have access to any of that i didn't even know that i had already done my show before i knew those existed but um but i wish i would have so like it, that would have been a great start because i mean just the, the, it's invaluable the the lessons you learn and and whatever you know from from those people that have already done it uh or those people that are are currently doing it or whatever they're not the they may not they're not the david copperfields or whatever but you know like this guy's making you know hundred thousand dollars a year doing birthday parties you know so like right. you know okay so like i mean i had no clue how to do make a hundred thousand dollars a year doing birthday parties and never did it but but i could have learned a lot from those people the other thing is from from people that uh, for, for people that actually are performing or are younger, you know, people like, like me, when I started out is to do whatever, do it, do your shows. Like you don't, you, mm -hmm. it's not about money. You can't make money, especially doing magic. You don't get, you don't get amazing breaks. Like you don't, nobody, you know, nobody, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost impossible, uh, doing magic to get, to get some big break. Um, and, so like any opportunity is an, is a great opportunity. And eventually mm. you can, eventually you can say no to those not so great opportunities anymore. Um, you know, eventually you can be like, Hey, I don't have to do birthday parties or, Hey, I, you know, I, it was great. I learned a lot in nursing homes, but that's not what I wanted to do. You know, like, that's not, I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing shows in nursing homes. Um, you know, like, or whatever, you know, like it's, you got to start out somewhere and anytime somebody calls you and asks you, I mean, just be thankful that that's, and go do it. You know, if you make 50 mm. bucks, somebody paid you $50 to rehearse in front of a live audience, you know, um, you, you, you can't, you can't work if you don't work. So like starting out, you know, that's, it's very, take whatever you can get and do as, do it as much as you can, you know, perform all the time. And eventually, like I said, you'll be able to, say, Hey, you know, I, I charge this much. And if you don't want to pay that fine, you know, and I only work in these venues or, or whatever you want, you know, like, but don't restrict yourself in the beginning, you know, don't, don't have some kind of built in mindset of, of this is what I want. And I'm only going to do this one thing. Uh, I had bad problems with some of that. So like I, 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 it took me a while to, to get out of my comfort zone, um, in things earlier on. So it was, uh, I restricted myself and in turn didn't make it. It took me a lot longer to make mm -hmm. it to where I made it, um, than it should have, uh, just based off of restricting myself and stuff. That's cool. And I, I even hear that in that story you told of, you took this one gig for a hundred bucks, but that one gig turned into 60 more gigs. And then yeah. even propelled a whole part of a niche market for you that lasted almost eight years. Um, and that, yeah. to me, that's such a huge lesson. Cause yeah, there's, 
there's times where I look back on my career where certain opportunities, where it was even like a free thing. And I was like, no, I felt like I was kind of past that point. Uh, but then I look back and I'm like, actually for what I was trying to do, that may have been a good yes, because there's been some gigs. There was one gig where it was a free thing and we ended up going and doing it. Um, and, and that opened up so many connections with radio stations and TV stations, like all the people we met backstage at this free event. And we were even starting to tour and get paid fairly well at that point. Uh, but it felt like backtracking. But then after we were done, we we're like, oh, man, that propelled us a whole new level. It's like there's value in a lot of those opportunities that's there. That's huge, man. When when yeah. you think about uh, we've got two more questions for you. And but when you think about this concept of living a great life uh, and like you said, you've had a whole year of a lot of almost too much time, uh, too much time to think. But I'm curious, how would you define the idea of living a great life? right now as, as you've been reflecting and thinking? Um, living a great life. Uh, I mean, I think it's important to be happy. Um, and, and a lot of people, no matter what they do, even when you, even when you're doing your, you know, you're living the dream. Um, once, uh, a lot of times that dream becomes a nightmare and, and you do it because it's your passion and you, you deal with all the negativity and you, you accept the things and you hate it all, but it's worth it in the end because you're getting to live your dream or whatever. And, and, and there's a lot of truth behind that, but at, at the same time, you don't have to be unhappy. You know, you don't have to be miserable. You can, you can step back and breathe. Um, you can, from, from, uh, from our standpoint, you know, like, we, we took a, we spent so much time grinding that we, we never had any time for ourselves. So like, it's, I never, so I sat down last year, you know, when everything hit the fan and when I decided, okay, forget it, like not doing shows anymore. So let's just, I'm going to work on myself. And I, I was like, what are, what are things that I used to do? What are, what are hmm. like, what's your hobby? Well, I mean, magic was a hobby. And now it's a career. So like, it's, I love it, but it's not something I go and do for fun. Like, uh, you know, whatever. So like, what did you used to like to do? And it's like, well, I like, you know, like camping and I loved building Legos and I haven't, you know, I haven't built Legos in like 20 years. Would that still be cool? You know, like, I don't, you know, what are all these things? And I just made, made a list and I'm like, you know, like, so I think taking time for yourself and just hmm. stepping back and breathing and and realizing that, in most cases, things aren't ever as bad as they seem. Um, and just, just being able to, to step back and, and, you know, take that deep breath and realize, you know, like that you, you take that time for yourself and be happy. Um, so like living a great life for me is, is the fact that I need to, I need to be happy doing what I'm doing. And, and when I am miserable, when I am, whatever I need to, I need to step back and reevaluate. And maybe that's, maybe that direction wasn't right. Or maybe that just maybe the, the, you know, maybe, maybe it was at the wrong time that I was trying to do this thing or whatever. So like, what can I focus on now that, that isn't going to make me miserable or whatever, or, you know, what, what is all the good things in life? What do I have? And, but taking time for myself is something that I never did. And that's something that I've learned 
to do over the past year is to just be like, okay, well, you know, like on Sundays I do whatever I want, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm going to go walk in the park. I'm going to go swim in a Creek. I'm going to go climb a tree. Um, and I have done all three of those this past nice. year. Did, um, you build some like, Legos? Did you build some Legos uh, at all? No, but <laughs> I have, I have a stranger things Lego kit. That's like, like 3000 some pieces. And it's the whole house and the whole upside down, everything from the stranger things TV show. And I just never got around to doing it. Um, I did play some video games. I liked that when I was younger, uh, somewhat, I wasn't a video game kid, but I was like, you know what, maybe playing some video games. They're fun for a brief period for like 20 minutes. And then they're just not my <laughs> not thing anymore, big. but, but for, you know, like it's, it's, it does completely take me out of my element and it's like, okay, like play video games for 20 minutes. I, I don't know what, but then I'm, I'm bored real fast with that, but, but yeah, so no, it's, but that's, uh, I, you know, it's no matter what we, we live a short life and your, your great life is going to be short. And if you spend any time not living that great life, then your great life is even shorter than your already short life. So um, if that makes sense, it um, does. I'm feeling you. So it's, you know, it's, that's kind of my thought process with, with living a great life is just being happy. Like I like, uh, juggling is something that, that, you know, I, I juggle a lot now. Um, and it's a total, just a relaxer and, and I do it for the fun of it. Um, go that's walk awesome. in the park and juggle or whatever. And it's something I don't have to show people. I don't have to, uh, and people don't ever have to see it. Um, it's not my thing. It's whatever it's, I love it from, a just having fun standpoint um i wanted to spend more time with people um because that's something uh, you know from an entertainer standpoint you know we're on the road all the time you know i don't have time for friends i don't have i have good friends that are friends and they understand that our friendship is not like anybody else's friendship and and i might not <laughs> see them for a year or whatever but you know and i may call them twice that year or whatever you know we pick up where we left off but you know, with COVID, I was like, Hey, I get to get to hang out with some people, you know, like spend some time with people I haven't seen in a while. And then it was like, no, you can't do that. You can't hang out like, with people. Thanks, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, but, but yeah, just stepping back. That's my thing. And I feel you on that too, with like the, the people piece, like I was sharing with my wife this morning. I, I was like, I'm missing the road because I felt like I was constantly around environments where I meet people like you and a lot of the other folks who are on this podcast, people with similar mindsets, maybe different parts of the arts world, uh, but similar yeah. mindsets. And it was almost like I started feeling more connected on the road than even at home, uh, which people can debate if that's healthy or not either. Um, but I think what's amazing that you chose to write this, this list out, uh, like these are the things that I used to do. What, what makes me happy? Uh, I think that's a huge practical step because uh, a lot of people who are listening to the podcast and seem to be involved with it are other artists. And that seems to be a a theme for all of us is we're used to the grind. Like the artists who are out there touring and building things, we're used to just constantly going. And at the end of the day, when the world fell out from underneath us, you know, like I shared with you before the podcast started, I was like, I was, I was smoking a lot and drinking a lot, sitting on the back porch, trying to figure out like, what does the life mean? Um, 
but to to list it out and just say, I used to like this. Let me go do this. Let me go build some Legos. Let me go swim in a creek. Um, hopefully that'll inspire other people to do the same. Cause that's right now I'm starting to feel the fire come back and I'm starting to feel it's almost like the, the gears of the world are starting to slowly come back online very slowly, <laughs> but they are yeah. I like, I can sense it. And there's this thing inside me that's like, all right, let, let's build some stuff. I'm, I got the whiteboard out. I'm putting down systems and, and here's, this is when this is going to happen. And it's like all these things that felt dormant are coming back. But what I don't want to lose is kind of what you're describing is I, I got a taste of a life that I don't feel like I've lived for a long time where there is these simple joys that I learned to, to love. So I'm trying to figure out even then, maybe it's weird, but I'm trying to figure out what's the system to ensure that that stays a part of my life, even as the hustle comes back, even as the drive and even as the world opens back up. Um, but I like that. Maybe it's even just a list of, I'm going to make sure I do these certain things uh, throughout the week or throughout the month. I don't know, but, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge thing for artists. I think. Well, I spent a lot of, I, I had a, you have a bucket list, right? And and I I realized that I mean, you know, some people do, some people don't, but like I realized that my bucket list was completely geared around my career. Um hmm. and it was like, you know, I want to work this theater before I die. I want to, you know, do this, but whatever, but it was all, you know, I want to, you know, do this for my career whatever because that's that's my that was my whole life and then it's but like you know, I wanted to, I wanted to go snowboarding. Like, so like growing up, um, there was a movie on Disney channel called uh, Johnny Tsunami. And it was about a, about a Hawaiian kid who like moved to Chicago or something. And now all of a sudden he can't surf, but he can snowboard. Um, and, and I watched that as a kid and I thought that was amazing. I was like, man, I want to go snowboarding. Um, well, I've wanted to go snowboarding like my whole life. And never even put an ounce of thought into it other than just growing up, like thinking, you know, that'd be something, you know, I'd love to do. So, uh, did that like three weeks ago when snowboarding, nice. um, and it sucked. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was, it was fun. Let me, so like, it, it was totally fun, but, but it was hard. It was so hard. And I did it, which, I mean, as you know, I had COVID. I ended up, after being right. safe this whole time, ended up getting it. And I went like week and a half after actually being released um, from from quarantine or whatever. And so I, I wasn't myself anyways. Like I wasn't up to strength and whatever else. And then it's already physically hard. And um, <laughs> and it was fun, you know, like, I mean, I enjoyed it and I'll definitely go back, but, but it was, it was hard. And then <laughs> I eventually got too tired to, well, I just couldn't, couldn't keep up anymore. And, and Ashton actually continued to snowboard while I was just standing there for a while doing just nothing. Watching. Um, Sounds like my, but, but that was fun, but it was fun. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was great, you know, like it, and it's something I always wanted to do. You know, I love kayaking. So like that's something mm -hmm. we did a lot this summer when kayaking and hiking and all things that we, all things that you don't do because there's always something more important. You know, there's always right. something more pressing, um, which isn't the case. It's, it's, I mean, we, we make excuses like at the end of the day, like, yep 
you got all kinds of time, you know, like, I mean, how much time do you spend on your phone? Like, well, if I can't, you know, I mean, your phone tells you, well, you've been on your phone for eight hours this week. Well, man, that's, that's eight hours of kayaking. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you cut it in half, it's four hours of kayaking, you know, like, so it's whatever, you know, like it's, we have plenty of time. And so that's, that's something that COVID has been great about is, is learning to, to get, you know, enjoy those simple joys in life or whatever. Um, but then I've also realized how much I was in love with performing and how much I do miss it and how much I kind of took it for granted from a, from a standpoint of just working so hard all the time. Like it's, you work so hard and then you get there and you do the one show or whatever. And, and then it's all over again. And then you just got to work hard again. So like, there there's it feels like there's very little time to appreciate what little time you have because you know as you know from a from an entertainer standpoint the least thing we do is entertain <laughs> so true it's like all that build up for you know the hour or like sometimes on three hour shows and yeah. yeah and all the work behind it it's it's insane man that's a that's a great perspective though i love it um like for me, I, I caught myself scrolling through memories and I noticed the memories I stopped on had nothing to do with my career. Um, even if it was people who were involved with my career, usually it was the memories of us doing something else where they came over yeah. where the band came over and played cards against humanity one night and we got drunk or, you know, whatever it was. It was like these, these beautiful little moments that we had or the stupid shit we said at a pizza shop in New York city, those kind of things where like those ended up being the things where I'm like, man, like I love the push and the drive and the performance, but there was all this beauty around it that maybe I was missing. So that's, that's yeah. a great reminder, man. When you think of defining uh, the idea of creating great things uh, right now, how would you describe creating great things? That's a hard one. Um Yeah, creating great things. I mean, I think I think in I think in terms of of like entertainers in general, um we uh especially with magicians, um, you know, we we entertain people. So we give, you know, it's we give them hope we give them uh different uh we give them an escape and that's that's kind of how i've always viewed my career is like you know for an hour to an hour and a half uh you get to escape reality whether your reality is good or bad whatever you know like you get to not think about anything else uh and i think that's i think it's kind of maybe more so with magic than it is with music maybe um because magic doesn't necessarily uh incite emotions and stuff like music like you hear a certain song and all of a sudden you're crying about your grandmother passed away or whatever you know so like sometimes right. music reminds you of bad things or good things whatever or magic kind of makes you 
it forces you to forget everything because you're mm. too busy trying to figure out what's going on with Tragic. life. You know, like what's, what's happening here, you know, like I've never experienced this. So it's, um, so it, it's an escape from reality, good or bad. And, and I, for me, creating great things from that aspect, from my, you know, career standing aspect is, is that I give people an escape and when they applaud, when they laugh, whenever I know that, I have done something great, you know, or done my job well from that aspect. I knew that the, the, what I was trying to accomplish worked and, and that they were, you know, they did get to escape and be confused and, and think and not worry about whatever. Um, so for me, like that's, that's kind of the, my mindset for, for magic shows. Um, that's and cool. I don't know if that really answers your question, uh, but no, it's, I, I think uh, it does. And uh, it inspires me to even think, um, I won't think out loud at this moment, uh, <laughs> but it, it, I feel like I'm filing away to say like some of the gigs I get hired for, it's like, I'm just, I'm part of a moment for them. Like how, how can I help them escape? Cause it's like, if they're going to this brewery, this winery, Maybe they they don't want to reflect on something. They just want to have a good time. And I think it's a, to me, it's an inspiring thought of like, how can I even apply that same concept to what I'm doing? So that's, that's cool. And like I said, I'm not saying that doesn't exist with music. I just know like, you know, with music, you don't, you know, there's a lot of emotions, good and bad, you know, like, I mean, get you hyped up. <laughs> you don't watch magic shows when you work out, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. You don't like, like there's I'm a reason to for that. hustle so when I work out, you know, <laughs> that's the point. So it's, uh, it, uh, it, it, it makes sense. But, but I also use, you know, I use a lot of music in my show to inside emotion and stuff based around the effect, you know, so like not to necessarily make somebody, more from a cinematic standpoint with movies and whatever it's not it's it's to give people a feeling that you're trying to yeah and different things so versus you know a memory or something like that which you know like a song does you know it's it's not relatable um Mm -hmm. but it but it but it uh incites an emotion you know whatever that means you know suspense or love or whatever you know the point is at the moment um but yeah, that's, I no, guess that's awesome, man. my answer. <laughs> well, you and Ashton have such a commanding presence. Uh, what you guys do, I look forward to as the world slowly comes back online, seeing more and more uh, videos and pictures, hopefully of you guys doing your thing and seeing where it goes, man. Uh, but thank you for making the time. I appreciate it. Some great stuff. Thank you, brother. I mean, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy the, I enjoy the podcast. I've watched a couple other episodes and oh, thanks man. It's a, it's a great thing. I tried it and it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> did, did a few episodes on my own of my own thing and, and it was fun for a little bit. And then I realized I didn't like it. So it's uh, well, there I gave you go. that up, but, but it's, yeah, to choose no, to be I, mean, happy, I wish right? you the best. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, it, it added more stress and that didn't work for me. Not last year anyways. So right. it's uh yeah, man, I wish you the best with everything, and hopefully we'll get to see each other in person again. I mean- Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.